and um, really delighted that Philippa is uh, preaching this morning as part of her reader training and um, I've asked her just to give us a little bit of a of an update on how that's going uh, before she she sets off and uh, gives us uh, her word for this morning. Thank you, Tom. I'm just going to say a little bit about the course. So I'm really enjoying the course and I'm beginning to learn to speak a bit more about my faith with a bit more confidence. It's still totally online, although there is a plan to meet together next Saturday, depending on how things go in the community. And I'm finding the workloads getting heavier and also the spiritual battle is getting harder. Anyway, uh, shall I go on to speak now? Okay. But before you do, can we yes. can I pray for you, Philippa? Is that oh, all right? Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Father, we do thank you for Philippa. We thank you that she's accepted this call on her life. And we do pray for her. We pray for her in all these pressures that she's facing, um, both the workload and juggling her normal work and also this sense of spiritual um, uh, opposition, Lord. We pray that you would um, silence those voices that would say anything to her other than she is your child and that you delight in her. So bless her, I pray, and speak through her now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. okay. So nice to see everyone. And um, just one more prayer together um, that I have borrowed from someone else, actually. So let's pray. Loving God, as we open your word to our hearts, we pray that you open our hearts to your word. Thrive in hard times. One of the things I miss most in these times is having meals with groups of family, friends and colleagues. I love the talking, joking and laughing, what the Irish call good crack. From time to time, we try out different restaurants around this area after checking the food hygiene rating. I love the naans and chapatis, the dals or bean stews, the lamb dishes. These were exactly the sort of dishes that Jesus and his team were enjoying one evening, just before what we in the UK now call the Easter weekend. There can be moments of tension at such meals though, the unfunny jokes, or the people who complain about the food and demand a refund, even though they've eaten every scrap. That evening was no different. Peter clashed with Jesus over foot washing. The disciples were absolutely horrified when Jesus said that one of them would later betray him. And shortly after that, Judas left the meal early. Peter got carried away and said, Lord, I will lay down my life for you. But Jesus gave him a shocking reply. Really? Before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. However, most of the evening was taken up by Jesus teaching the disciples. The session was a great success. And by the end, Jesus and his disciples were congratulating each other. The disciples told Jesus that because he was speaking clearly, he had really helped them to believe that he had come from God. And Jesus was very pleased that they understood. 
You believe at last, he said. He warned them though that trouble was ahead and ended the evening with a long prayer for himself, the disciples and people who would become disciples in the future. This beautiful prayer takes up the whole of John chapter 17. And in the Message Bible, which you can read for free online, it's presented as a poem. In fact, it's more than a prayer and a poem, it's also a meditation on topics from that evening of teaching, including the interlinked relationships between God the Father, Jesus Christ, his followers, the powers of evil, and human society, or the world, as Jesus calls it. My theme today is Thrive in Hard Times, and I'm going to focus on three phrases. Take heart, take care, and take up. First, take heart, be encouraged. When Jesus had finished praying, he and his disciples went to the nearby Garden of Gethsemane. He was arrested and the disciples began to experience the challenges and troubles which Jesus had been preparing them for. We too, with the COVID pandemic slowly lessening in the UK at least, are perhaps at a turning point coming out of lockdown. One set of challenges replaces another for many of us, worries about health and being separated from loved ones are morphing into worries about all sorts of extra things, including work and money. While ministering on earth, Jesus says that he carefully protected and kept safe his disciples in a most devoted way. One translation even uses the word guarded as though Jesus were a watchman. Though he physically left this earth, Jesus' prayer for his followers, including us, was for God the Father to continue to provide that protection and care. As Jesus had said earlier that evening during his teaching session, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give you I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. As well as take heart, I want to continue. I want us to continue to take care of each other. In the prayer of John chapter 17, Jesus meditates on the concept of oneness. He speaks to his heavenly father saying, all I have is yours and all you have is mine. He then asks the father that his disciples may be one as we are one. Earlier that evening, Jesus had taught using the picture language of a vine. He is the vine and we are the branches. Our unity is not based on attending a particular church or living in a certain area, or knowing each other for a long time. No, it's based on our deep connection with Christ and through him with each other. 
I know that we've all been meeting via Zoom over the past months, and most of us have kept in touch through social media, phone calls and cards. But that is not the same as serving and worshipping in person, side by side and week after week. I've found on returning to work on site that after a year, people have changed. In one way, it's quite funny. After months teaching online and being able to mute the students whenever I like, I am probably a bit too used to getting the last word. But in another way, it's a bit sad. And I've noticed that work meetings are not as harmonious as before the lockdowns. A few people seem to have spent time reading up on conspiracy theories so that there have been some sharp words at work since lockdown ended. I am wondering if, as we return to worshipping in person at church, we all need to be very careful to remember two things. First, our deep connection with each other through Christ, the true vine. And second, the difficulties that we and others have been through and still are going through. Perhaps we can consciously aim to talk to each other as St. Paul advised in Ephesians. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. My final point on thriving in hard times. In this meditative passage, John 17, Jesus focuses on the twin ideas of the written word of God, the Old Testament scriptures, and of himself as the word of God. That is, God's message to the world revealed, made known in himself. He also refers to what he said earlier that evening, I am the way, the truth and the life, and makes a new statement, your word is truth. So, the truth that God wants to communicate to humans is shown to us both through Old Testament scriptures and through what we know of Jesus' life and teachings in the New Testament. These scriptures contain amazing treasure. One of the ready-made smartboard exercises I set my students at college is that they have to tell me the answer to a grammar question and if they get it right, they can click on an interactive map on the smartboard to find buried treasure. When they find it, pictures of the treasure include large piles of gold diamonds and other jewels. But the treasure we can find in the books of the Bible are far, far more precious and valuable and at this time of difficulty can help to give us hope and direction. I'm just wondering how many of the books of the Bible you have read over the years. 
I know that some of you will have read them all several times over. But when I say, how much of the Bible have you read? Perhaps you were thinking, well, not much really. If that is the case, do consider taking up reading or listening to more of it. First, it's the world's number one bestseller. So that might make you curious to read more to see what others have found in it. Second, St Christopher's has recently begun a closer connection with the Open Doors charity. Open Doors will tell you that in over a quarter of the world's countries, owning a Bible is either not allowed or actively discouraged. Why? What powerful truths are officials in those countries trying to hide? If you haven't read a lot of the Bible or haven't read much recently, you can read or listen to it for free in almost any language, on your phone or laptop, through websites, apps, or on YouTube, or even in book form. You can listen to it while you are doing certain types of work or ironing, working in the kitchen or commuting which I remember Lloyd recommending once, something I found very helpful. In addition, this fantastic treasure is not only for us. Jesus says in verse 18, that as the Father sent him into the world, so he has sent his followers into the world. We should not keep this treasure only for ourselves. Treasure which includes love, forgiveness and peace and which can bring spiritual well-being to individuals, families and communities. When a suitable moment or topic of conversation comes up, you could ask your friend or relative the simple question, how much of the Bible have you read? And I think you might be surprised at some of the discussions you'll have. So, to thrive in this hard time which we are living through, first, take heart. Be encouraged by Jesus' prayer and concern for us. Second, being one in Christ, let us continue to take care of each other. Last, remembering the treasure we can all find in the word of God. Let us take up and encourage more Bible reading. Thank you.